I mean, Robin Hood. You is... can look right into the camera too. <laughs> and apologize if you'd like. Yeah, the camera, not the screen. Um, <laughs> if I you'd think like, if if we look back on it, Robin Hood is all about the individual investor. We we don't want anyone to feel left behind. We think January twenty eighth was an example of what happens when millions of people can access the markets and exercise their right to democratically vote for the companies they believe in. And that's what Robin Hood is all about. It's it's democracy and capitalism in one. So, you and know. It was a perfect denouement of they got to show you, yes, we're just like American democracy where your vote doesn't really matter. <laughs> Isn't there supposed to be another person here? Yeah, it's a go 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 ghost. Wow. Hey, so what's it like being a corporeal being? He's a little bit shy. It's okay. All right, guys, I get it. Whoa, whoa, who's this? Hey, I was watching you. I was watching you upstairs talking to the empty chair and figured. Ah, look at that smooth feathered hair. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, folks. Did you uh, get a blowout for us? I did not. No, okay. this is all natural. Amazing. Wow, not a single gray and all that stress over the last few years. Seriously. I've got grays. What's my excuse? All right, Bad genetics. You're not that's look, what it is. You're not looking close enough. I'm sure I have a bunch in there. Do you color? No. Okay. Yeah. I got tons of gray. And yeah, I'm you younger do. than you. Yeah, yeah, you're what? 37? 34. 34. Damn. You're, wait, am I 34? Yeah. When's your birthday? February 13th. Oh my so God. I'm almost it's 35. Soon. Wait. Yeah. Oh. We're not going to sing happy birthday. We don't have to do that. Yeah, you don't have to um, do that. Welcome to the show. Uh, we are a bit of an unconventional show, as I'm sure you've probably been briefed. Uh, we are a Christian <laughs> podcast. So we would like to start with a prayer, a prayer. if you wouldn't mind. Just humor us. Thank, Thank you. you. Lord, we hope that you bless this podcast. Uh, make it fucking sorry. Make it good. Make us uh look like professionals and not idiots. Please bless Vlad too. Make sure that he doesn't say anything stupid. Doesn't say anything stupid. Uh, we'll off. take care of that part. Make and it funny. Make it funny. Please help protect us from Vlad's bodyguards. Yeah, yeah, that part especially. They're uh, quite any, scary. And anyway. your compliance team. And our and compliance, compliance team. team. Uh, my eyes should be closed. Vlad, anything to add? No, I think let's just, let's make it great. Yeah, okay. I agree with Thank that. Thank you okay. for having me here. <laughs> I love LA. Beautiful weather. Beautiful people, including you two. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, can I get an amen? Amen. Amen, amen very much. Oh. Okay, wow. Thank uh, you, Jesus, for all of our blessings. Yeah, in thank this you, show. Jesus. 
Um, yeah, so let's just get right into it. Right off the bat, we do we are contractually obligated to say uh, Stanford sucks and you suck for going there. I'm sorry about that, but it's a, uh, it's a thing. It's, it's just a meme. The thing. We're gonna get crucified if we don't tell you you suck. I'm going gonna there. I'm gonna give him an explainer. When we first started the podcast, we were number one on the business charts due to the fact that we had like unique listeners and stuff, and we were neck and neck with the Stanford Business School for several weeks. Yeah. Okay. And so it became a thing that we hated. Stanford Business School. So they do suck. Do you know William Prezone, by the way? I think he graduated in your class. I don't. No? His father created the private prison? No? Don't know. Oh, okay. Damn. Good guy. You should... <laughs> you should... William Prezone? Prezone? Free... Oh. It's spelled like prison, but with an <laughs> oh, accent with mark on the O. Are you... Do you know what you're getting into here? Because we're a couple of bona fide morons. <laughs> like, really. But we're not going to, like... You know, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm more concerned for us because <laughs> this is just embarrassing all around. But we do want to ask, so, like, why are you here? You, y'all you reached out to us. This is, uh... Well, um, we like what you guys are doing. I know it's a relatively young podcast. What is this? Episode 20. 20. You'll be our episode 20th 20? episode. Yeah. Okay. So, for everyone who said we wouldn't make it 20, this one's for you. <laughs> Fuck yourself. Yeah. Um... First of all, I don't do a lot of podcasts. Maybe you've seen some of the ones that I do, but maybe two or three per year, maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And I think there's just still a lot of people out there that don't know our mission, don't know what we what we stand for, mm -hmm. and we're all about um, we're all about making it so that young people who have for such a long time been left out of the market and felt like they've been left behind, you know, rich people are out there making money, taking advantage of the financial system, taking advantage of crypto and making it so that more people figure out how this thing works and don't get left behind and have an opportunity to to make money for themselves and their families. Um that that's what Robin Hood's all about. That's what we're about too. That's what we're about. Like I I'm the trader here. I'm a stock trader. I'm actually a professional licensed trader which is scary to think about because you have a uh, series seven i have a series 57 prop oh, wow. trader that's 50 yeah. better than a seven yeah. yeah it's 50 more damn that's good math he's a math major oh yeah, yeah. and almost a phd yep yep we won't call you doctor because you didn't make it i damn. didn't make it no you should I'm go back out. so people have to call you doctor yeah uh, you know for a while my parents were were asking me about that you know when are you going to finish your phd when are you going to go back up until very recently surprisingly recently but um I'm too old to to be a mathematician now. Damn. And then once you hit a billion dollars, I feel like your parents can stop asking yeah, you questions. Yeah, they were like, right? okay. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Also, we well, have a bit of a yeah, bone to pick here. Yeah, we do have to clarify. You made us look like assholes You're because... You're not a billionaire anymore, we've heard. That's what Forbes magazine says. <sighs> yeah. I mean... We're pretty pissed because we were like, we're going to have the first billionaire on. <laughs> like now, the first billionaire for us. And now we've got a 900 millionaire. And it feels a little shitty. And correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I might have the math wrong, but to me, 900 of something is more than one of something. So in my mind, 900 million is more than a billion. Yeah, that's so just how the math maybe works. Maybe this for me. is good. We've got a 900 millionaire <coughs> instead of a one billionaire. Yeah, I actually I forgot for Glenn. Please. Oh yeah. You gotta click the see more button. Check in out the, the disclosure. Yeah, the disclaimer in the disclaimer. in the description box. Glenn is our compliance guy, my compliance guy oh, cool. for the firm where I trade. Um, okay, so that was a good answer. Thank you. Because uh, I was going to ask, well, did you sell that for us, buddy? Because that would have been one and a half million dollars. That would have been good for me. Yeah, because it would 
feel like it accommodates for the taxes that we would have to pay so that it would right. be a nice big round number. But it wasn't for us. And also, <clears throat> yeah, because I was going to ask, why would you sell at the bottom? Because the stock's in the shitter. Uh, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Um, again, <laughs> I, there's going to be a lot of that. And just so you know, you know, it, it ain't personal. Damn, you got big hands, man. Oh, thank Let's you. See? Look at those things. Give us, give us each Get one. Some, well, yeah, no, they're okay. a little smaller yeah. than your hands. In fact, a little bigger than yours. Fuck. This is. <laughs> cut, can we cut that? Cut that. Because <laughs> uh, you know what could help. So, I mean, you said it wasn't accurate, but just going off what the internet says that you fell below the billion dollar threshold mark. You might have heard of a guy named Elon Musk. Do you know? There was, yeah, I do. Okay, there was a thing that he did on a podcast called the Joe Rogan Experience, which is also having a little bit of a moment right now. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, where he smoked weed on the podcast, and it did hurt Tesla stock in the near term. But in the long, but in the long term, one could say Elon Musk, richest man in the world. Oh, and you can you can draw a straight line from absolutely from doing drugs yeah. on a podcast to richest man in the world, and we know that you go ahead. <laughs> well, we just want to help you out. So, if you would like to do any drugs, our production team we've got black tar heroin back ketamine, there. ketamine, fentanyl. Whoa, buddy! <laughs> Whatever he, we I don't, don't have that. Okay, I th- he might be kind of kinky. He's winking at me. We do have <laughs> it if you want to do it. Yeah, ecstasy. Okay, what about the just regular old? You know, we got. Marijuana. Well, I thought he wanted to go bigger than Elon. Yeah. So it's it's definitely nothing personal to you guys. Okay. Yeah. I like you guys, but I've been uh, I haven't even had a drink since 2017. Ah, uh, okay. Are you uh, as a Christian podcast? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. That, we right? totally okay. are. Well, all right. We thought we could help with the uh, stock. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we do want. I mean, we have some fun getting to know you questions, and we will. You know, just to loosen you up a little bit, much like a glass of wine would. Yep. I'll tell you I, what, I'm not a, a big drinker It's either. a little embarrassing. Uh, you know, when we were prepping for this, we didn't know. And all these, we have so many, like, what's it feel like to be a billionaire? So I guess scratch that. Well, no, I want to, I do, like, that's the fun getting to know you stuff. Oh, okay. And then we'll get to the. But we'll he's get not to a the... billionaire anymore. Or well, you're saying sure, you are sure, sure. a billionaire. Oh, I'm not saying anything. Okay. So do people, like, do people treat you differently? Not only as like the CEO of a publicly traded company, but when you when you start to reach reach those upper echelons, I'm assuming that people kind of treat you dif- differently, right? They must. I mean, just us doing the podcast, we get treated a little differently. I walk around, people spit on me when I walk down the street. They they <laughs> yell, "Boo! Fuck you!" <laughs> or, or "Quit!" And so I imagine they must treat you a little differently. I'm not sure. You know. Um... The thing is that I just don't have a ton of time, Mm -hmm. right? So I spend probably the vast majority of my time at work, like working in the office with other folks from Robinhood, right? Mm -hmm. So it's hard to to separate everything else that's going on from, you know, my status as CEO of Robinhood and all of that. Yeah. Did your life change? I mean, I know that it did, but like... Were there ways that it changed measurably from before? Not really. You I mean, didn't go out and buy a uh, McLaren. No, no. That um, would be. That's not what I would do. Me neither. I'd buy an old Porsche. I think what what I realized, and maybe this is just me, mm-hmm. is the more stuff I have, the more stressful it is. Sure. Right. It's like, you know, you buy a car. Now you have a car to maintain. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, the thing is. I'm all about simplicity. I want to optimize my life around just doing what I love, which is 
getting more people into investing, educating people about what the stock market is and and how they could empower themselves. And, you know, if it makes my life easier beyond the point where you don't have to worry about rent and food, um, I'd say it's, it's pretty gravy. Hmm. So every, everyone that knows me would probably be surprised at just how frugal I am. Yeah. Right. So I guess the, my next question, uh, because how well, much do money you is, have one or not? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. Shut up. Jesus God Christ. damn. This guy. I mean, geez, Louise. Uh, I, mean, I drive an 89 Volvo. I hear what you're saying. And I've been able to afford at least a 92 for quite some time. I love old Volvos. Hey, that's um, a good yeah, year. I got a 2008 CRV, about 220,000 miles on it. Damn, why don't you brag about it? People have been begging me to get a new car <laughs> for years. So I guess, I mean, you, you're sort of answering my next question, which is like, how much money is enough? Is there a, is there a, is there an amount at which you'd be like, damn, okay, I can just call it a day? I mean, for me, that's like above $10 million or like $10 million. You park it all into index funds. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of these communities, right? Uh, the fire community. Sure. I don't know if you guys are have been looking around at those. I mean, there's people, it just depends on your lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? There's people that live in RVs that can retire on much less than that. But for you, how much is enough for you? Because uh, <laughs> it sounds like you live a bit like an ascetic. You're, you're explaining your... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't go that extreme. Um, I don't know. I, I think that, um, you know, obviously I want to make sure that we have enough to... So just throw a number out. <laughs> you don't, if you don't have an answer, that's fine. Like the the billionaire guy who gave away all his money, yeah, and now he's got he three billion, three million less, <laughs> or left. Yeah. Okay, so he answered. Do people treat you differently? But do you treat people differently now? I I'd like to think no. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, you're never gonna say yes to that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I treat wait staff differently yeah. for sure. Uh, <laughs> I just tried to throw it at you real quickly to see if I could get you to say something. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Full disclosure. I mean, at this point, after, and we will get around to the thing that you you know what the thing is. You know what the thing is? Yeah. It's, you know, that whole thing with that one thing What's that happened thing? last year. You know what uh, Yeah, right. yeah, that whole thing. Uh, do you ever get yelled at by people in the street? Anybody ever say rude things? Hasn't happened. Wow. Holy yeah. shit. Good for you. Because <laughs> I would think that it'd be like. Well, they can't get near him. He's got oh, this yeah. team. And just so you guys know, you can't see him. They're just off camera. But I've got his I've got security a gun detail. trained on me right he's now. He's looking at me. Every time I say something, he goes like this. And for the audio listeners, he's dragging his thumb across his neck. It's quite scary. Signaling to you that you better watch your yeah. effing mouth. I'll be good, baby. It's a so, Christian pod. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Your questions from your oh yes from I'm uh, I don't know if we uh, do you want to do you want these are good I haven't read them yet I um I asked my friends I I grew up in New Jersey so I you know I got a lot of yeah boys back home who were like you're gonna have the Vlad's the you know Vlad from uh, Robin Hood on and I said let me know if you guys got any questions they're pretty insightful dudes so uh, do you mind if I cause no they'll I've... kill me if I don't read them out um let's see I Shoot. I should have. I should have looked at him a little bit more closely. This one's from Fat Mike. Um, it, okay, that less of a question. This one just says you're not better than me, so we'll just skip that one. Okay. Um, this one's from Jeff, a.k.a. the dumpster dick. You don't want to know why. Um, <laughs> he says, oh, this is actually a question. What's it like to be a Silicon Valley billionaire? Good question. Oh, is there a meeting <laughs> you guys have where you discuss how to make your app make people's lives worse? Okay, sorry about that last part. I didn't know they... 
put that one in there. We can just skip that one, I guess. <laughs> Wait, one... what does Matt F says? <laughs> <laughs> Again, not a question. This one's from Matt F. This one says, just says, eat shit. Okay. I think you can skip the last one. I think you can skip that last. Do one. you want to hear what John says? Don't, it's you not don't nice. Know. I think these boys. You don't want to know what. They, I think these boys. Up to you. It's your guys' It's not a show. good one. No, it's not nice. I, don't I think, think these boys nice. held some games. I, I think it's not nice. Yeah. Before we get into the the other stuff, I did want to ask. You know, you mentioned that the thing that you care about is the most is helping people understand stocks. So, were you a trader before? Did you trade? Is that how you got interested in all this? Well, I'll tell you how I got interested in it. Um, so I was born in Bulgaria, mm -hmm. as you guys might know. It's a small country in Eastern Europe. And it went through a very difficult time. So right around 1995, it was basically after uh, communism fell apart in Eastern Europe, Bulgaria went through hyperinflation, which meant that the currency basically devalued by a thousand times or something like that. So I'd go to Bulgaria, a Big Mac at McDonald's was two leva, right? And then the next year it would be 2,000 leva or something like that. And my grandparents lived there, right? They, they were mostly retired at that point. So they had their pensions and the pensions overnight just went to nothing, right? Hmm. And I remember what my grandparents were doing to, to store their wealth was my grandfather was, uh, was a captain on a ship. And so he, would, he knew someone at the port of Varna, which was on the Black Sea coast. And he would take his salary or his pension as soon as he got it and put it into copper cookware. So he'd literally be buying copper pots and pans because they held their value a little bit better than, than the currency. So, you know... And, that really that really stood out to me i mean people don't realize <clears throat> how lucky we are in this country to have access to a currency that's stable i mean you know there's a lot of talk about inflation and it is scary but hyperinflation is is something very very different and it can change people's lives overnight and if if my grandparents didn't have my parents to help them out we were in america at the time i mean it would have been it would have been very very difficult so um, giving people access to ways to invest their money, regardless of how much money they had, because rich people, rich people didn't have this problem. You, you could move money overseas, you could diversify your assets. There's so many things you could do. But for the everyday person who is living on a pension, these types of things can be like just crippling. So I think from a very early age, I learned to appreciate the value of investing and diversifying your assets and, you know, participating and being really savvy about the financial system that we all rely on. So you weren't a trader. More I was an investor. Trader. Yeah. That's something that I try to preach to anyone who ever asks because they, they see my stellar returns. I'm very, very successful. And they, and they ask, how did you do it? Tell me what stocks to buy. How do I turn $1,000 into $20,000? And I, the, the common refrain I've got is just, don't do that. Please don't trade. Just invest. Because if I had done that, I'd be much more well-off than I am today, which is really fucking annoying. You're making it the hard God, way. I know. I'm making it the hard way. There's no way. glory. But in... my plan is that, you know, I've learned how to do this so that 
over time. Nice. This is the chart. Sure. <clears throat> this is the time. And this is my wealth. Right. It'll it'll get to a point where you know I can take advantage <clears throat> of uh, people. Good trades. Oh. <laughs> yeah, people too. Uh, so let's dive right into the thing. So we just did a recap of in anticipation of this. We did a, and we're about a year out from the whole GameStop debacle, and we we did a yeah. we did a recap episode to because it's a very complicated thing, and it was you know for the first time people were learning about these concepts, and still people were asking us if we could just do like a quick breakdown. To let them know, so we said it's the perfect time because we've got Vlad coming on the show. It all worked out. And so we kind of wrapped up our last show all as it unfolded. The stock started coming down, and right before you got, you, uh, there was the congressional hearing and everything, so we didn't get mm -hmm. any into much of the aftermath, but we'd like to hear your... My take on it. So maybe... Well, yeah. And you guys started this podcast shortly after... Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the conversation started shortly after the GameStop thing, and uh, it took a while because you know you got to work out the business end of it. But we started actually in like August or September of last year. But yeah, yeah it was definitely inspired by a lot of people talking a lot about very complicated things, but still being very, very green as traders. And to me, that was cool because it's like hey this is shit that only i've been talking about with just my nerdy trader friends online but now everybody's interested and i can yeah. talk someone's ear off about about things um i mean that's a whole other story that i'll get to not story but just my anecdotes but we wanted to ask you what your just to give us a brief timeline of what happened from we didn't talk about you too much you normally get painted as this uh the villain in this whole story we wanted to hear what your boy you really do it's, it's really wild <laughs> people do not I'll tell you what, we 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 had mentioned last week that you were going to be on to talk about it. Yeah, and um, you owe us like maybe a hundred audience members because there were a bunch of people who were like unsubscribe. I don't want to fucking support this anymore if they're going to talk to Vlad. Only a hundred? I don't know. I I don't have the metrics <laughs> exactly, but there was a lot of comments that were not happy with us. And you know, here's our shot. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you'd like, if you if you can walk us through like a rough timeline, please. Well, I think the the most important thing to say here is that, um, I mean, if you look at if you look at the whole GameStop thing, the whole meme stock movement, um, it was just like a a tremendous triumph for our mission, right? I mean, think about what happened in a very short amount of time. Uh, a gigantic number of people, a lot of whom didn't know anything about investing, maybe had never invested before, had uh, entered the market, exercised their sort of democratic right to essentially support these companies. And a lot of these companies were companies that were beaten down by the pandemic. So you you started seeing this happening in 2020 when you know the airlines just got crushed, mm -hmm. right? And you saw Warren Buffett selling airline stocks, right? I remember. And, you know, back in, in previous years, 2008, when there was a stock market crash, the government came in and bailed out a bunch of companies. You know, they bailed out the banks. They bailed out um, some of the automakers, right? Um, and nobody was coming in to, to bail out the airlines, 
right? Nobody came in to bail out the retailers, the movie chains. And uh, what happened was individuals stepped in, right? Individuals came in and they said, we love these companies. We don't care about whether Warren Buffett is selling them or hedge funds are shorting them. Um, actually, we don't like that. We think that it's unfair that this pandemic happened. We had these shutdowns and, you know, these companies are getting penalized. We want them to exist. You know, they wanted these companies like GameStop and, and AMC to exist. And they came in and put their dollars behind that using our platform. Like a lot of that activity was made possible by our platform. And I think it's just regardless of how it ended. And I know, you know, you want to talk about us restricting stocks and, and things like that. But these people basically started a financial revolution, something we haven't seen before. And I think that's an that's actually an awesome thing if you think about our mission. Like we're all about giving individuals the power to to change the financial system and to take charge of their own destiny. And and that's what we saw. Yeah, sure. I, think I, that's I see that as a double edged sword. Well I mean you said regardless of how it ended, and I think it's I've ne I, I'm shocked that you call it a triumph. And yeah. And we're gonna Well, because on the one hand you said the missions, you know, it, it does line up with your mission. And there were people doing exactly what you said. They, they felt like getting in and investing in these companies. But undeniably, there were also people who were just like, hey, I heard from my cousin that if I buy GameStop, it's going to go to 100000 a share. And that's where I said the double-edged sword because it's like, yeah, I got a lot of friends asking me about how to start trading, which is great. But then almost immediately thereafter, it was like, hey, I just got approved for options trading. Yep. Like, how do I, how, and I, I tell everybody who does that, like, please don't do that. I mean, it took me five years just to get, just to get educated on how they, well, not five years to learn how they work, but to feel comfortable enough to even dip my toes into it. But so just to backtrack a little bit, when I have I, some thoughts, by the way. Yeah. I think that's a it's it's a great question. It's it's one that we hear a lot. And what I'd say to that is it's really it's really democracy. Like you can you can say the same thing about about democracy, right? Um which not having a great time right now, just to <laughs> democracy well, I, isn't <laughs> you, you've heard a couple of a couple of different variants of this. Like some people say uh, the greatest argument against democracy is a conversation with the average voter. You've heard that, right? There's also the statement that um, democracy is the worst system of government, except for every other system. I've so, heard that. Right. We are going to have a headline tomorrow. Vlad says the average voter is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that, to be we clear. We it, and we'll clip it. Um, and rocks. That's not my, not my quote. But no, um, just... I actually disagree with it. I disagree with that quote. And I think that basically you have to choose, right? Would you rather live in a world where everyone has access to the powerful tools that the rich people have to make money mm. on a level playing field? Or would you rather have a world very much like the world we, we've had recently where only rich people and sophisticated people have access to these tools to make money and everyone else is shut out? So I'd say, of course, there's warts around it, right? Of course, there's people that, uh, that make bad decisions. 
but we believe in democracy, right? And I think I think that's our baseline, that's our standard, and we want to make sure that we provide the education, we give people tools to get educated, but we think that but do you think you I would- don't want to live in a world where only rich people have access to options trading and sophisticated financial tools sure. and the everyday person has like an impossible time accessing them. And I know what you just said is that having access to the education, but that wasn't always the case with Robinhood, was it? Like the, when 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 you first launched, it seemed like there was more of more of a focus on growth and more of a focus on getting people to sign up. You famously had the confetti to celebrate certain milestones, the gamification of trading which again is kind of a double-edged sword from my perspective because on the one hand, you've got very user-friendly interface and you were the first of, it, first of its <clears> kind <throat> to do that because yeah. like, you know, the brokerage that I use has an app that sucks and the user interface is not user-friendly, especially for a beginner. So can you comment on how, yeah, your guys' approach from the start, how you might have kind of dropped the ball a bit with getting people to... Not gamble, well, I but... I mean, democracy is great, but it sounds like you're offering these tools that and kind of left out some of your own responsibility with what people could use these tools for. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, when... I think there there is this beam that... And, and you heard it before uh, everyone copied our business model, before, uh, you know, the legacy brokers dropped commissions. They would say things like, it's good to have a commission because it keeps the people from trading too much, right? If you have if you have a commission, people really think about those trades and they only make trades that are well thought out. Uh, and then now you're hearing it about the user interface. You know, it's not good to have a user interface that's too simple and too easy to use. Well, to that, I mean, I would say, look, I've seen this guy trade and it's like, you know, he's putting so much thought into it, into it. He's got, you know, three monitors up. He's watching everything he could possibly be watching. And you're saying, oh, you don't need any of that. Do it on your phone. Just have a simple little app to do it all. I mean, I think that uh, different people have different access to tools. You know, we have a lot of people that, you know, they'll use Robinhood and maybe they'll have their trading view or their stock screeners or their scanners and pretty much everyone has different tools and some of those we bring into the platform right we've been adding more data more information to help people make decisions but i think there's there's also something to be said for this just being a false narrative like the brokers weren't charging commissions to make it so that you think really hard about every trade they're they're charging commissions because they wanted to make more money Sure, and we're not saying that the brokers had it figured out. And they don't have, you know, poor user interfaces. We're not here to be like, why don't you do it like the brokers? We're curious about, and we're getting away from the GameStop thing, and that's fine. We can come back to it. Um, But like, we're talking about you democratizing finance, which is a noble mission. But we're wondering if you guys missed any marks along the way, right? Because, you know, and for me, it was pretty eye opening. We were doing a little research, and what I found out was, you know, people weren't only pissed about GameStop, you've been in, you know, you've been at the center of controversy before all that. There's been a lot of, you know, SEC probes. I mean, you know, I just found out you had the, I think the largest fine from FINRA ever. Yeah, that's true. Like, that's a pretty, you know, that's a nice little record that 
Robin that was, Hood holds. Correct me if I'm wrong. Part of that was because when a broker executes a trade on behalf of a client, they're either charging commission or they're funneling it payment for order flow style. And when you do payment for order flow style, you've got to disclose that. And is is that what Robinhood neglected to do and for which you guys got fined? Well, I'd say there were, there were a lot of things in that order. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have read it, but it's just like a a yeah, collection we got of some of it right here. The, fin the Finra on Wednesday levied its largest fine ever against popular investing app Robinhood, known for letting customers trade stocks through an app. Will pay fifty-seven million dollars in fines in addition to twelve point six million dollars in restitution to customers. Yeah, democratizing finance. Over the course of its investigation, Finra found that Robinhood violated regulations and showed false and misleading information to customers. That's not great. Well, which yeah, which <laughs> some customers were allowed to place trades with borrowed money, even though they turned off that setting in the app according to finra so like this is the kind of stuff we're trying to get at like you know yeah. we love democratizing finance and giving people access and stuff so you know what totally did you I, guys make mistakes certainly we've made mistakes i mean it's we we operate software we have a service a lot of times there's bugs in that software and we've gotten a lot better at this over time but w what i'd say is that um you know the it's a it's a mission that we believe in getting people into the markets giving them tools that only rich people have had access to in the past um and we have to work within the system there's a lot of rules there's a lot of legacy uh that we have to work around it's true for how we make money it's true for the things around the gamestop stuff and it's a long-term game for us right uh if if we want to change the system it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be forward progress. Sometimes we'll have setbacks, but we really believe in this. And we think that we've made a ton of progress thus far, and there's there's a lot more to do. But we're not going to, I mean, it's, it's, it's not going to involve doing everything right, but we have to learn from our mistakes and improve. Right, and I wouldn't ask you to do everything right, but I mean, I think it's a little... Uh... Well, I would. I mean, honestly, I would. Legally, I, you got to do everything right. I think I would ask you to do everything right, right? You're asking people to, and that's the thing. You're, you, we asked you why you're here, and you said you want to talk about the Robin Hood mission. And, you know, I think I would ask you to do everything right and make sure that the, you're, you're asking people to use your app to, yeah. to put their money in and to potentially lose some money, right? And so I think, at the very least that app wouldn't be buggy to the point of showing people like massive mistakes. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's very fair, but and I what think I could... we get, I think it could be very frustrating hearing someone say something like, you know, just like, Oh, this is unacceptable. Like, all you get is a blog post on Robinhood. I think that's probably really unsatisfying to users of your app. And that lends itself to a question I have is like, what, what, <clears throat> what can Robinhood do in your view, to make up for that kind of thing? I mean, you've implemented changes. I know that when you log on as a new user, you're, you're given a questionnaire to build a profile around yep. who you are as an, as an investor, as a trader, measures your level of sophistication, then it funnels you. I mean, you have the option to opt out, opt out but it funnels you toward low-cost, safer ETFs. Yeah, we built that, that uh, product recently. Mm -hmm. We're very excited about it. So it actually... One one of the things and I that's, think that that's a good thing. Yeah, one of the things that's very hard uh, as a broker is 
making investment recommendations. Maybe you know about this, but brokers historically uh, stay away from that because you know they want to be in a position where people make their own decisions and they just give you the information. And we asked ourselves, with this product, how can we actually embrace it? Like, let's give people recommendations. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially for the people that want to invest, but they don't know how to start. Maybe they don't have a specific stock that they want to buy. And we have a lot of those people. A lot of first timers know that they want to invest, but they want a little bit of help uh, finding the right things to, to take the first step on. So I think investment recommendations and giving them a diversified portfolio of, of four or five ETFs uh, is, is just a really powerful thing. And that's great. And I think what Emil is getting at is it almost seems... Well, here, I can get to it. So, I mean... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I've just... I mean, so I was reading a lot about you, and I think I was most interested in the GameStop stuff, and I honestly think I became way more interested in your guys' founding story and yeah. kind of these earlier controversies. Um, you know, I think it was a Huffington Post profile you and uh, Baiju did. Uh, am I saying that right? Baiju. Baiju, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, you and Beijing did, and there, you know, you guys were saying that Occupy Wall Street was a big. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't remember Occupy Wall Street now. Oh, I think yeah. plenty of people remember Occupy Wall Street, and I'm curious what about Occupy Wall Street inspired you guys. I mean, it's it's. Um, I remember because back... I don't remember everyone being like, "We need access to financial instruments." Yeah, well, um, if you look back in 2008 and the financial crisis. And I, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, what happened was people didn't really understand the source of this. They knew that the banks were selling mortgage-backed securities. Uh, there was a lot of collateralized debt obligations and they brought the system down, right? And the government came in and, and bailed out the banks. Mm -hmm. And... Nobody pumped a lot of money into the system. But look, I think people remember that very clearly. Like, I think when you're talking about like people not remembering Occupy Wall Street and all this, I think people remember all of that very clearly. And I think that's, some people do. But I think that's. But you have a, some people large, that were like four when. when sure, that but happened, I think right? a large portion of why we're at today is people remembering being left out in the dust when absolutely the world economy went into a tailspin. So they were left out in the dust. Nobody really got punished. And the bankers were not. The bankers were not. Right. And you saw the recovery from that, right? The market bottomed in 2008, 2009. And then the recovery accrued to rich people, mm -hmm. the people that were already at the top. And why did that happen? Well, because rich people own stocks and the recovery helped people that own stocks. And so that led to the Occupy Wall Street movement. You know, young people and a lot of our friends at the time, we were in New York uh, starting, we were working on another business. And I remember, you know, our our apartment was in Brooklyn. We had a, a small co-working space in Manhattan and we would walk through Zuccotti Park. We would walk through the tents, right? And it was young people. And you went, one day I'm going to be one of those bankers sipping <laughs> champagne. No, I mean... I'm just uh, messing with you, Vlad. Yeah, definitely not. Um, but, uh, you know, these were people that looked at financial services and said, like, this isn't serving me, right? Who is this serving? And they were quite literally occupying it. And um, that that sort of clicked something in our, in our heads and it made us realize, well, 
what is this going to actually achieve? Like the, the way you really occupy it is you actually get these people to start investing and to benefit just like the wealthy people and the institutions do from uh, a rising stock market by having them participate and join the market. Now, the problem was nobody trusted the financial institutions. Uh, the stock market was really meant for rich people. You were being charged $10 every time you trade. They had account minimums of thousands of dollars at the time, and nobody was building great products. So that we set out to fix that. So you guys saw it and said, we're going to give everyone stocks. Yeah, we're going to give everyone access to right. stocks on a level playing field. And at first, you know, it was, it was baby steps, right? We started with stocks. We started with iPhone users only. Mm -hmm. But you look at the platform now, and we have real-time fractional shares. So even some stocks that are too expensive for people to buy a whole share of, you know, you have Berkshire Hathaway shares, for example, Amazon, companies that were trading at thousands or hundreds of thousands per share. And we break them apart, allow you to buy a dollar amount of that stock as easily as you would buy a whole share with great pricing and no commissions. So it's, it's literally never been easier or better value-wise to, to be an investor. And it's, it's not just Robinhood. Like lots of companies mm -hmm. have sort of co-opted and, and adopted this cause. And we saw last year, it turned into a mass movement where more young people have been investing, more diverse people have been investing than ever before. It seems like there was a, because I, I hear what you're saying and I agree, uh, there have been, uh, again, the critics of Robinhood would say that the gamification of something complex like trading, like investing, is akin to giving a 12-year-old the keys to a sports car, which is like, sure, but also, I mean, that's what you're going to say as a paid investment advisor where you, you, Absolutely. Want, you don't want people to do it for themselves. But then me also as a trader... It scares the shit out of me when someone I know says, like, hey, what stock should I buy? And I go, okay, well, what's your objective? Are you trying to be a trader or are you trying to be an investor? Because if you're an investor, you should do blah, blah, blah. So it seems like there were perhaps certain things that you guys just didn't see that maybe you should have seen. Like, especially me as a trader knowing, okay, people are fucking gambler degenerates you know if you give them access to this stuff they're not gonna necessarily be like "Ooh, i hit my milestone it's gonna be like all right i can fucking trade let me just like trade but it's also like some people do that some people don't you might get the 12 year old who hops behind the wheel of the porsche and goes baby i'm gonna cruise 25 miles per hour down this residential street and stop fully at every stop sign no one's doing that that's baby shit. people <laughs> that's baby shit yeah but like, it seems like you guys really could have benefited from having way better quality control. You needed a product manager like me, honestly, to get it. <laughs> I'm serious well, to get in there. Experience. Not. I'm not saying that you didn't, but I'm just the best. Ask the question. The, I guess I, I don't even know what okay. question I'm getting. Well, hold, hold on. It's like you guys could have had a better compliance person. Glenn, shout out to you. You should have been the compliance guy. To check the the shit yeah, that they got fined on. We beat our FINRA investigation. We did We'd have like a to small... say we're no longer under investigation. No fines. I don't know what this guy's doing. I don't know how he got. <laughs> he racked up like fucking <laughs> fifty nine million. But and it seems like there were 
plenty of cases, repeated cases, where it was like, damn, what? Where was the quality control? Not the is the quality control the right thing I'm looking for? Yes, like for people sure. using every possible angle in the app to catch any and all bugs yeah. that would show improper account balances, uh, options errors that could be catastrophic. You know, all sorts of like, where do you guys think that you failed, and how have you fixed it? To in, to ensure that that kind of shit doesn't happen going forward, because that's like the the one of the biggest problems I think to giving the twelve year old the keys to the Porsche. And do you guys think you failed? To be clear, twelve year olds can't use Robinhood. You have to be eighteen. So the, the people using Robinhood are definitely adults, right? But yeah, to your question, I mean, we we remember uh, all of the all of the issues that we've had, you know, we, we remember the dates. Name them for us. March, March 2nd, 2020 was a big one. Brutal. Uh, you remember March 2nd, 2020? What happened? I believe that was when the market just about bottomed. So the market, um, actually, I think on that particular day, uh, it was, it was written in the papers as the largest single day point gain in, in the big indices. So the market actually went up, mm. but, um, yeah, there was, there was so much volume uh, on our systems. This was right at the beginning of the pandemic. The market had crashed and was very volatile. People were, there were lockdowns. So we had a lot of activity. A lot of people just rushed into the platform. Sure. And uh, we had basically a full trading day outage, which was very tough, right? But, you know, it was it was hard to plan for, hard to anticipate all of these things coming together. And we responded to it. You know, we rebuilt so much of our infrastructure. We added lots and lots of people, making sure to shore up the the software and the tools. Um, but I guess we're talking about more about the times where you didn't respond to it. Well, I, I'd like to think we've always responded to it, right? So, I mean, we, we operate software. We serve a lot of people. We've had a lot of growth. Um, so... Yeah, and nothing think, is going to be perfect with any piece of software, but we always try to do what's what's best for our customers. Do you think you fell victim to the whole, you know, Silicon Valley growth, 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 and didn't pay enough attention to your own technology and investing in your technology to make sure you didn't have these kind of problems? Well, from the very beginning, we've invested a lot in technology, but well, because from the New York Times article, four of your employees said the outage like said one of these outages was rooted in issues with the company's phone app and servers they said the startup had underinvested in technology and moved too quickly rather than carefully i think it it's always easy to say this stuff in hindsight right when you have an outage um that you know you should have invested more and i think you know there there's always things that looking back we could have done better but you know what we can do is learn from them and make sure that we do what we can to to make it so that they don't happen again. And you know, since uh, it's funny you talk about January twenty eighth, right? Uh, our previous big uh, sort of defining moment, the March March second, twenty twenty, it was it was about our systems not being able to handle the volume. Well, January twenty eighth, our systems saw. Of like 2021. Order of 2021 mm -hmm. uh, around the GameStop events, orders of magnitude more volume. Right. Right. And, you know, we were, we were definitely all hands on deck trying to make sure the systems were up and people could have access to their accounts and we didn't have any, any system-wide outages. So we had, we had basically fixed a lot of the problems from before, but of course, 
anytime you run into a new situation, you get new types of problems and you have to address those as they come up. Sure. So speaking of January 28th, we got to talk about just the timeline because leading up, it was, it was at first a quiet kind of thing. You had the guy who oddly enough kind of looks like you. That's a, sure. I mean, that's a thing. And then it's a simulation, right? The universe working in unexpected and, ways. Sure. And I do also have to point out there's a beautiful poetic irony in Robin Hood essentially creating the very thing that led to this big backlash against it. Because yeah. you guys gave all these apes, for lack of, they call themselves apes. Well, all these people. They do. You you gave a, a ton of people access to a thing that I don't think anybody fully understood. I don't think anybody could have seen coming because I mean, me and my infinite wisdom and my years of experience. God provides. God provides. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say Allahu Akbar, yeah, but don't. that's that's well, that doesn't. It's not bad. It just means you just know. Just ask the fucking question. <laughs> Sorry. Christ. I uh, I I mean, I lost my train of thought, but I guess. Um, you were talking it, about the poetic irony. Yeah, in 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 Robin Hood creating the thing that would eventually kind of you. It was Frankenstein's monster, and Frankenstein's monster famously goes back and kills Doctor Frankenstein. He doesn't. I think he goes on and marries a, a zombie or something, right? What happens in Frankenstein? A Frankenstein fucks the monster. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. And then so, they have a baby, and that baby was Robin Games, Hood. Was Robin Hood? That's right. I was going to say it was GameStop. Can you just walk us through Fucking in no uncertain terms, in no uncertain terms, the timeline from just before it got to chaos, leading up to January twenty eighth, the decisions that you guys made as a company, and. We'll ask you questions along the way because that's what people want to know. And I'm sure you've done it so many fucking times Wait, that you're in we, the shower pounding against the didn't tiles. We, like, give him something before you explain this. What do you? No, the gift. Yeah. No, no, that's going to come later. Well, I feel like oh, it might wow. be a nice. Time no, 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 no. It's because it's going to come as the prize. It's a prize. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, remember. I feel like we're missing a good opportunity here, but I, I, let's wait for the prize for for the, right. the game. We have a small game to play, but it's it's fine. So walk okay. us through it, please. Nothing gross. It's a little gross. It's not <laughs> gross. Now I'm nervous. Um, let's see. So how, how, how early should I start? I guess I talked a little bit about, you know, the pandemic and the companies that have been hit hard by it. Let's start January 2021. It's yeah. starting to bubble up. It's starting to become increasingly more mainstream as GameStop is like, I remember for me, it was when it was $19 a share, I think around January 5th. And yeah. I was like, hot diggity dog. I saw that the, um, I mean, I personally fucked up big time. I had 5,000 shares at like 16 bucks. Okay. And, and I got fucking locked out of your app. I couldn't get in. I was trying to buy. When, on January 5th? No, no, no. On the 28th. Way later. On, he, no, 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 like the 26th oh, or 27th. Oh, they saw that this guy's guys, an idiot. You guys, we don't you guys wouldn't approve my stuff. I don't know if you guys looked at my data, saw how, what a moron I was, but. They saw through your camera. They were looking through your front-facing yeah. camera, and they are like, I'm Look one at of this. these people who would have gladly bought at 500 and, and held. Yeah. So. Yeah. Let's start, yeah, when, when the squeeze started, it was, let's just call it in the $20 range. I mean, you guys obviously were probably thrilled beyond belief because more and more people are, by the day, I'm sure, are downloading Robinhood to participate to buy shares. Yeah, it was really exciting. Sure. I mean, people were using our platform, and while we weren't, we weren't the revolutionaries, in a sense, we weren't the ones holding the, the spears and, and so doing this battle. So you still very much believe that these people were revolutionaries? Because it's it's fun. we were talking about this. There's a there's a 
yeah. thousand different takes. Some people are like, this is a proletarian revolution. The other ones are like, this is a bunch of morons on the internet. I think it was both. Well, well I'm asking go him. On. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, yeah. The question was geared toward me, but... No, it was not at all. He called it <laughs> well, revolutionaries. Certainly... I know, I'm kidding. Certainly that was one of the storylines, right, that, that people but I'm were asking what you believe. using our platform to take down the hedge funds. Um, so what do you... And I, I think you saw that happening, right? A lot of hedge funds <laughs> had really big... How do I view them? Yes. Yeah, I, I would say that this was a financial revolution of sorts. Okay, a working right? class revolution. Yeah, and a lot, of, a lot of the meme stock companies, a lot of the meme stocks were companies that were sort of battered by by the pandemic you know nobody was going to buy video games at a store nobody was going to movies at the time and a lot of these companies had no control over that situation there were government mandated lockdowns that basically put them out of business so i think i think that i think the people believed in them and wanted to keep them around um and there was the whole element of sticking it to the man the establishment the the hedge funds as well we love to stick it to the man yeah. So um, timeline. So, you know, we saw that happening in, in January. Mm -hmm. I think the back in December, it was starting to pick up steam on Reddit and, and Discord and all the other social media sites. And we saw our traffic just increasing uh, right around the start of the new year. And there was a lot happening in crypto as well at the same time. So sure. it was kind of the, the perfect storm. And Robinhood was climbing up the App Store charts. Right. Uh, it used to be if you look at the the app store charts, you know, it was in maybe the 20th spot at the beginning of the year. And I don't know if a brokerage has ever been in the number one spot before. But, you know, the number one apps on the app store were all TikTok and Instagram and sort of the big social media platforms that that grow virally. And pretty soon, Robinhood was number one overall on the App Store, the number one free app. I mean, we were getting millions of downloads. And you might think, like, this is all very exciting. You guys must have been celebrating. But it was actually, I mean, we were all hands on deck trying to make sure that what happened in March of the previous year with our service being down didn't happen again. You guys find yourselves all hands on deck a lot. Hopefully less and less now. I think we've we've made a ton of progress. Um, but, you know, I don't think a brokerage had ever been the number one free app on the App Store before. And there's good that comes with that. There's also a lot of challenges. So we were, um, we wanted to make sure we kept the service alive and well and that people could access their stocks, buy them and sell them whenever whenever they wanted. That was top priority. And, you know, it was it was definitely... Yeah, it was definitely a very high octane environment. Um, January twenty seventh, you kind of saw um, a bunch of weird stuff started happening that mm. day, and we we actually weren't sure what was going on. Um, I think Discord uh, locked out Wall Street bets. Uh, I think the Reddit, the subreddit, went down for some reason as well, and it wasn't. We weren't really sure what the reason was it but we just were because they kept using the r word though it could have it could have been that but there were a lot of, that that was kind of the beginning of the conspiracy <laughs> theories right Sorry. where people were like hey the government maybe came in and forced them to shut this down right but we weren't sure we were tracking it online like everyone else but 
you know, I remember Discord shutting down Wall Street bets. I remember Reddit taking it offline. Um, and then, you know, as I've said, uh, as I've gone through so many times, I get woken up. So I haven't been getting much sleep those days, but I try to get a couple of hours of sleep, right? And um, I get woken up at, I want to say, 5 in the morning sometime around 5, 5.30, and my phone is just buzzing uncontrollably. Like, have you ever seen on social media when, uh, like, some celebrity, like the Kardashians, post something on Instagram, and then you just see their notifications yeah. buzzing Mm -hmm. That like was crazy. You. You, well, you had posted that sexy shirtless pic the yeah. night before, and it finally, Maybe that's the it. Algorithm finally, went finally viral. picked it you up. You posted ass to the timeline. You posted yeah. ass to the timeline. <laughs> so, so essentially, my phone was unusable, right? Text messages coming in, random phone calls from blocked numbers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was trying to get in touch with my team, right? And And people were calling me from work, but... Every two seconds, I would just get a, a call from an unknown number or a text. So I had to sort that out. But basically, by the time I was awake, the conspiracy theory that, you know, Robin Hood sided with the hedge funds to, to shut down trading. You and Ken Griffin <laughs> on the phone. Yeah, exactly. That stuff. And also, you know, there was one about the White House calling me to shut it down. I don't know if you guys saw that circulating. But, you know, the, the so conspiracy theory is Joe Biden. Ken Griffin. All around the table talking about, you know, restricting stocks. Really? Right? Well, so wait. We're going to clip that. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. You admit, I can't believe it. He admitted. So your phone's blowing up on the morning of January 28th. Is that because tr uh, people on your team have already gotten the call from the DTCC to, yeah. to halt trading? It was beyond that. I think we, we had already... This is 5 a.m. East Coast time. Pacific. Pacific time. Okay. Yeah. So... Trading had already been open, pre-market trading had already been open for what, um, a couple hours? Well, Robinhood's pre-market um, started at six. So no, it was pre-pre-market. -pre <clears throat> gotcha. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, by, by that time, uh, they had already made the decision to restrict. Um, and, you know, I'm... I'm not a broker. I'm not the president of the the clearing firm. So I wasn't the one that made the decision, right? Mm -hmm. There was a clearing firm. Ken Griffin was. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, the conspiracy theory basically had taken hold while it was before before I even got a chance to connect with the team. And so from that point on, we were sort of like trying to get the story out but you sure. know it's always difficult to explain to people uh when you're competing against such an exciting conspiracy story and pe people love to believe that right the hedge funds somehow colluded with with these people to to shut down the little guy um but you know the real story was i guess much more boring and pedantic and and less interesting mm -hmm. so there's still people that so we think to this very this day you're telling us there's there's many people to this day that believe that uh, we were colluding with hedge funds, even though when you look at everything that Robinhood stands for and, you know, who we are, we're all about empowering the little guy and giving them access and giving them a chance to, 
So do you think he failed by restricting that access? I mean, I think if we look back on it, certainly we would have liked to not have to do that. But that's where you get into the reality of us being a disruptor, having to deal with the rules of a legacy financial system, right? We have to abide by these rules. We are working from within the system itself. And there's a lot of things that are just old and crufty and not built for what we saw in January. What's so, crufty mean? Crufty means just like it was intended for a, a different time. Cool. For institutions trading very normally and not piling into a yeah. handful of stocks at the same time in large numbers. For those of, uh, I can't remember if we touched on this before, but so my understanding of, because I admittedly, when January 28th happened, I remember sitting at home in my chat rooms with all my little nerdy trading buddies going, this is shady as hell. This is what timing. Like, yep. wow, they're turning off the buy button. It's literally all they could do to stop this. Because that day, the VIX was up like 66%. Because the degrossing trade was the, the big, was the buzz of Wall Street is that someone is so fucked, some hedge fund or funds are so fucked that they've got to dump everything that they've got. But so T plus two, you trade and then. Two more days until you actually own the shares. And in that two-day period is where Robinhood is on the hook for the amount of money. We have to put up the money for the you trades. You have to put up the collateral. Out and of basically, cash. Yeah. The, the clearinghouse came to not only you, but to every other broker. Webull, yeah. eToro, eTrade, Schwab, all of them. Yep. And said, hey, you guys got to put, there's too much risk because they will do that, especially when it's incredibly one-sided like it was with GameStop and all the other media. Well, stocks. it's it's just a formula. It's it's rules based, right? They don't really have a ton of discretion. And I'll tell you where this came about, oddly enough. Have you guys ever heard of a of a law called Dodd-Frank? Mm -hmm. Yes. So Dodd-Frank in the wake of 2008. Yeah. In the wake of 2008, they wanted to make sure that <sighs> financial institutions were robust and had plenty of capital in case, you know, things went haywire because right. they didn't want another Lehman Brothers situation. So uh, oddly enough, the rules for how much cash you have to put up to maintain the trading activity were actually created to prevent that type of situation. And of course, nobody anticipated a situation like meme stocks. And we found ourselves actually at, at a time when, you know, the activity legitimately there maybe there was some risk to it like there was some risk of people funding their accounts buying these meme stocks that were super high and then maybe the trade didn't go in the direction they wanted and they would go and reverse their deposit right um mm. but i think that that risk was substantially lower than what dodd frank was created to address But really, you were talking about, you mentioned settlement. I think yeah. that that helps solve it. If we improve the settlement structure that the market uses, mm -hmm. which is really, you know, it doesn't make any sense. We have all of this technology and it still takes two days for trades to settle. And there's lots of people that like for it to take two days, but we think that it should be done in real time. And I think that would, that would alleviate a lot of these problems. Sure. So... 
A big question that I have, what do you think would have happened if you guys hadn't done anything? If you had not turned off the buy button, if you had just let it continue to go unchecked, what do you personally think would have happened to the oh. to GameStop, to the markets? And are, are you talking about to Robinhood, for example, if we just didn't pay our our, our calls I guess to clearing if, houses? I guess, or if the system had been if different. If the system and, had been different and you didn't need that collateral and if you had been better prepared, because I understand when you say that nobody could have seen this coming, because truly nobody could have seen something yeah. like that coming. Um, but also it's like, how come you didn't when the stock was at 200 a share and 250 and in getting up there wouldn't well that you, was just like a day before right that's true but weren't you guys starting to prepare to raise cash we or, did we did end up raising a lot of a cash a billion dollars uh more i think 3.6 billion wow. by the end of the weekend and yeah i mean it's um very hard to raise that type of cash in such I've a been short trying. amount of time <laughs> yeah buddy <laughs> Not you even want to donate again. Find yeah. us on Venmo. But so, yeah, what would what do you believe would have happened? Because everybody seems to believe that GameStop would have squeezed to a million dollars a share. Everybody but would have been rich beyond belief. And I think that if that were true, also, then the degrossing trade would have taken its effect, and it very well could have crashed the markets. And that's not to say that that would have been the fault of the GameStop traders, because I know people reamed me for that last time. I'm just saying that that's what the effect may, very well may have been. So what do you think would have happened if you guys had never turned off the buy button and if collateral weren't an issue? It's really hard to speculate on that. I mean, sure. I, I would say that if you look at the SEC actually roll, uh, rolled out a report on the GameStop January 28th events uh, a few months ago. I think it was September of last year. And, you know, there was all this talk about a short squeeze, the shorts covering. But then if you look at the data, very little of it was actually shorts covering. Most of the, of the short, most of the hedge funds that had short positions had closed them out earlier in that week, right? Melvin Capital, for instance, I think closed their position on Monday or Tuesday. So that was the story. But but really what they found was a lot of the price increase was people just buying, right? Retail investors just buying uh, and options. at that point. I, I don't know if the options were actually a big part of it. I mean, may, maybe really? they were. I don't, uh, I think I think it was mostly just the underlying. But uh, what would I mean, have happened? You, you look at Tesla, the same kind of thing happened with Tesla with options and with people buying well i think that was actually a short squeeze yeah um uh, and i i haven't seen the data on that but i wouldn't be surprised if they were quite a bit different um so what would have happened so much of it has to do with the psychology since Mm -hmm. the buying was due to um individual investors Mm -hmm. just jumping on it and you know i i don't know what i don't know what would have happened had no trading restrictions been made by by other brokers like do you think that there was a systemic risk in having it squeezed to infinity i mean i guess obviously there is right the degrossing trade <laughs> felt like a very real possibility and that's kind of why what the you know the mumblings about wall street were was like oh shit maybe this is the real deal here right yeah well that that's why i think it's hard to to do this in the hypothetical, had there been no requirements, no restrictions, you don't know what would have happened. Right. So 
there are people out there who truly believe that you personally robbed them of millions of dollars. Dave Portnoy, who sucks ass, um, lost $700,000 good. But like, how do you respond to that when people point the finger at you? Because you were, you were. He said you should be in jail. Yeah, he said you should be in jail, bub. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> he certainly, he certainly did say that, didn't he? Yeah. But like, what do you? And again, do you... you know, I remember getting much worse messages than that when I, when I was awakened at five in the morning by my buzzing phone. I'm sure. So, um, like, how do you respond to those people who say, like, who have a personal? Uh, hatred for you because of this, who believe that you pulled the rug on what could have uh, changed their lives. And what you're calling a revolution, a financial revolution. Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing on our minds at the time was, first of all, making sure that customers had access to their accounts. Mm -hmm. They could close their positions. Right. Right. And I know a lot of people ask, like, why didn't you close down both sides of the trade? Right. Yes. I think this was Portnoy said that. This was something that Portnoy was all about. Like, why just, you know, prevent people from buying? And it wasn't it wasn't really us preventing people from buying. It was just us preventing people from opening new positions. So uh put options, for example, were also you couldn't open up a new put option position at the time on Robinhood. Hmm. So we closed down both shorts and longs. The initiating though, of any new yeah, position. Even though Robinhood doesn't support shorting. Mm-hmm. But if we had supported shorting, my guess is we would have we would have stopped initiating that position too. So the reason behind that is people could technically open accounts at other brokers and buy GameStop or AMC, right? I mean most people were using Robinhood. A lot of other brokers also ended up um, shutting down access because they couldn't handle it either. But the worst thing to do is to prevent someone from selling stock that they want to get out of because we weren't the only place that allowed people to buy all these stocks. So if people really wanted to, they could have opened a brokerage account elsewhere and, right. and bought GameStop. I was able to yeah, trade freely on my platform. Yeah. So... There were lots of places where you can buy. If you own GameStop or AMC or any of these other stocks on Robinhood, um, you could only sell on Robinhood, right? Right. So that that's why that's why um, I think preventing people from selling was not something that we wanted to do. So what do I say to the person to your question? Mm-hmm. I mean, Robinhood. You is... can look right into the camera too, <laughs> and apologize if you'd like. Yeah, the camera, not the screen. Um. <laughs> If I think like. if if we look back on it, Robinhood is all about the individual investor. We we don't want anyone to feel left behind. We think January 28th was an example of what happens when millions of people can access the markets and exercise their right to democratically vote for the companies they believe in. And that's what Robinhood is all about. It's it's democracy and capitalism in one so you know we obviously could have done things differently in, in a sense we lost the battle there is a perfect denouement of they got to show you yes we're just like american democracy where your vote doesn't really matter <laughs> and look i think the best thing we can do is try to improve improve the system 
make it so that it really works for retail investors to do whatever they want to do. And, you know, that's why I've supported uh, moving to T plus zero, fixing yeah. the settlement cycle, and also why we capitalize the business with a ton of money, right? Where we raised over $3 billion to make sure that if something like this were to happen again, we would just have a bulletproof balance sheet. The only type of balance sheet worth having. All right, so we are getting. Um, we want to play a game. We're with getting you. pressured. You have a hard out. We have a. We have truly a million more questions for you. We. Uh, well, should we do the Charlie Munger thing or the game first? Let's do the game with them okay. because it sounds like uh, they might be running in and. We have a game called moment. Guess That Stock Chart that we do every so often, and uh, we. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah, where we have you guess. I have to be very careful here. I think, oh no, because... it's okay. You're, you're not going to be. Um, oh, yeah, wow, that's... look at us up there. Yeah. Hey, okay, boy, baby, so... I don't even drink, and look at that pathetic thing. So we've got some charts here that we'll be pulling up any second now. And we're going to ask you to. See, we're going to see if you can guess the chart. Yeah, it's just a simple. There's a prize at the, the end of it. Yeah, I of course know what these charts are because I. I don't. I, I haven't them. cheated. I can try you, to. You, you've got a good idea of where this is going. I'm sure. <laughs> no, I don't. What's going on with the charts? Yeah. There we oh, go. There, there's the first one. This is actually a pretty good one. I'm going to take a guess. This is a day, these are all daily charts. Wait, I think I know what it is. What? Am I right? I cannot say. What do you think, Vlad? Oh, I have no idea. Because we got no price? You throw out a guess. It's been in a downtrend, recent little spike. I don't even know if I can mention individual stocks. Oh, I don't my know. God. Oh, my have God. Have a little fun. Finra whisper, already, whisper Finra's already you got think? you on the line for $60 million. Just have a little it's fun. It's just a guess. Uh, um, is it a uh, fitness company? Yes, it is. Yes. All right. He got it. It's Peloton. Peloton. Okay. What's the next one? What have we got? Oh, Ooh, another one that's going similar. down. Oh, it certainly does. If Peloton was any kind of that was a good guess, and it's in the similar vein. Oh, it's a, is, it a, clearly, is it a growth stock? It is clearly a growth stock um, that has recently uh, fallen from grace. Any come to mind? Is it? This is for Vlad to guess. Well, I want to have a little but, fun. Uh, yeah, he's, I guess you should have fun. You know, I kind of got the first one. <laughs> oh, I, I I had already gotten it before too. Oh yeah. You go, you go. Come on. I, I mean, this one, this is really hard to say. I don't know. It just looks like. Looks like there was a little downtrend there. Mm -hmm. Is it a uh, social media company? No, it is no. not. What is it? It's Zoom. Ah, oh, Zoom okay. Technologies. Okay. What's the next one? What's the next one we've got here? This one's gonna be. Look very... at this one up like a rocket. Yeah! Ship. Wow! Holy shit! This one has to be. What I do don't you know. think? For the audio listener, this one is having a very yeah, good Yeah, this one looks this like time. it's having a solid, a rock solid uptrend. Is it upside down? How did you know that? Huh? It is inverted. Yeah. It is the Robin Hood stock chart, <laughs> but inverted. <laughs> There's the actual. There's the actual. Oh, we got a little bit of it. Yeah. Wow, there, you there it recognize is. your stock even. You, I knew what gave it away. Those two big, uh, those two big candles when when you guys first IPO'd, huh? <laughs> you were like, I knew those candles because they were just in my dreams for the longest time, and I would recognize yeah. them anywhere, you even inverted. You didn't think that. Uh, yeah, you didn't think that I would get that. No, it was the colors. <laughs> I was a little bit. Uh, I was a little bit confused to see the fuck. green candles. Fuck. Going yeah. down. Fuck me. God, God damn. damn I fucked up.
Yeah, well, but you can't even you, to, you can't even mention your. Who would have thought the math PhD dropout? Your PR people informed us you're not allowed to talk about Robin Hood stock at all. Yeah, well, is we that because of is that a compliance thing or is that just because it's a really bad idea to invest? <laughs> It's a compliance thing. Oh, okay. We, we do sure. have a gift for you. It is a hat that says, oops, sorry about that. <laughs> because, you know, you've been on an apology tour, sort of, and there have been mistakes. And I think anytime you need to, you know, you could just, you could for just, your future, I don't know if I, I would call it an apology tour, but I do like the hat. Oops, sorry oops, about that. There can it we, is. Wait, wait, wait. We got to put the bill down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, we I really need to get a, a subscription to Lids because. God almighty, do they get a lot of money from me when I go and make these stupid little fucking hats. Uh, yeah, I it's wasn't sure how big for me. Oh, it's you'll, big for you'll, you. You'll grow Sorry. into it. Oh, God. <laughs> just just a couple more hands-on deck events and okay. we'll... we'll uh, my, my, my brain yeah, will expand right. and push out my skull. Right? I was going to say, you got a pretty big head on you. And I've, I mean, because that's it's okay for me to say that because well, I have a huge head. I don't know. I mean, not you have big a big enough head. for this hat, I it's guess. It's seven and three quarters, but you look good on it. Thank in you. In it. Oops, sorry about that. Yeah, oops, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah. So uh, we wanted to get into how Robinhood makes money. And before you even answer, we've got uh, a TikTok here from our friend Charlie Munger. Do you, okay. know, you know Charlie Munger? I do. Big yeah. fan of yours. Charlie yeah. Munger, who famously looks like a brown paper bag full of wet dog shit. <laughs> He's just... He looks like what his last name is, Munger. He just I, looks like a pile I, I of Munger. I love the commitment to making so much money but getting no work done. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's 98 years old, and we've got this TikTok. This is what, goddamn, he looks dead. But this is what he says about you guys. The, the volume button is currently muted on it. Here we go. Robin Hood trades are not free. When you pay for order flow, you're, you're probably charging your customers more and pretending to be free. It's a very dishonorable, low-grade way to talk, and and nobody should believe that Robin Hood's trades are free. Okay, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's got to be a frustrating thing, right? Because I understand the payment for order flow. Yeah, that's because that's how you guys make your money, right? Well, and some com- some of these newer companies have been able to do it without order flow, right? Well, like eToro does it without. They charge you for withdrawing. They charge you for other things. I think they nickel Publix and dime. The one who does it without order flow too. Right, they do. They tip. Yeah, I I think the important thing to to sort of mention with this one, and it is a one of these very technical topics like settlement. Um, but I think at a high level, one of the things that customers love most about our product, we talk to customers all the time. They love the order execution quality, right? It's one of the things we rate most highly on. And we pride ourselves on giving customers a great deal. And it's not just not charging them commissions. It's also the execution quality. We publish our statistics on our website. We can tell you, you know, how you're doing. We have all of the effective overquoted and and all of the stats. And I think we do very, very well. And... Um, it is something that is very important. It's important for customers to know about their execution quality. Some customers really care about where their orders are being routed, and we try to give people as much information as possible and give them a great deal. I'm an ARCA boy myself. An ARCA boy? Yeah, I love yeah. that rebate, baby. Uh, so I guess, I mean, we're running out of fucking yeah, I mean, time we here. We just got the... We, I got to ask you. Okay, so I have a few things to wrap up here. First of all, how fucking pissed are you at Beiju? 
Is that his name? Yeah, he's, his hands have been he's clean in this whole Not only does he, thing. according to the internet, have a little bit more money than you. A lot his, of bit more money. Yeah, but like, he just, yeah, buddy. You, you, and to that effect, a lot of people hate you and are mad at you and whatnot. Why not just quit? Just say, okay, <laughs> fuck it, I'm out of here. And let me pitch you on this. Because if you were to quit, and I'm not encouraging you to, this is just my idea, and I'm, I am dead serious. If you were to quit... It would be, it would probably give an immediate boost to the stock. You'd make immediate money. Everybody would make new immediate leadership. Money. We're putting all new that leadership. stuff behind us. Your wife would probably be relieved because I'm sure she doesn't like no more you know, five thirty a.m. calls. Seriously, <laughs> and and like it, it could be a, no more all hands on deck. Like, some hands on deck. It could be like Papa John's. Papa John's when Papa John left, and I'm not comparing you to him, but yep. they brought in Shaq. Everybody loves Shaq. You get Charles Barkley in there or something like that, and baby, you could watch, like, own it. You, you can add a second B to Robin Hood with R-O-B-B, Robin Hood. Like you're, well, that might imply that you're Robin the Hood, that's and I don't okay. think that's really Fuck what me. they're trying but to like, do. But you were doing great right Do- up until Another then. pizza analogy, Domino's. Like when they added the M, when they did double M, Domino's. They, yeah, no, they didn't. when Robin Hood ba- or when Domino's said our pizza sucks ass and we're going to change, they're one of the best performing stocks of the last decade. Yeah, have you considered just quit? You know, you can just quit. Um, why take the 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 shellacking? It's about drive. It's about shut up. Well, it, it's really about <laughs> the mission, right? I mean, we have a goal that we think we're in the very early stages of. But could it be carried out without you? Of getting everyone in the world to be investors Mm -hmm. and we're only in the u.s we have a relatively small set of products a lot of ambition a lot of things that we're we're working on and i care about that just incredibly deeply okay right i i had dinner with um but so what if that goal was easier to achieve without you well you had dinner who did you have dinner with i had dinner with uh with a friend uh last night and he was telling me about how he started using Robinhood, mm-hmm. right? And he walked into his bank to talk to a financial advisor. He said, listen, I'm not an expert in these things. I want you to talk to me like I don't know anything and tell me how I should manage my finances. And, you know, what happened was he got talked to and lots and lots of people, by the way, have this experience where their financial advisors or their people at their banks make them feel stupid. And he opened up a Robinhood account um, and we made it accessible. We made him feel like he could do this and he became an investor. And I think there's tens of millions of people that we have to reach in the U.S. Can I stop you for one second? Hundreds of millions outside and we're just nowhere close to it. I know you're here to make this pitch, but and that's like a very nice anecdotal story, but I'm sorry, there's a ton of other anecdotal stories of people getting way in over their head on these things, and it sucks because we're out of time, and I would love to talk so much more about... Come back anytime, yeah. too. And so... Make I would hats. just say, it's back to my point. We believe in democracy. So, yes, we, we need more education. We need more tools. But I want to I wanna build a world where everyone has access, nobody's left behind, and it's not just the rich people that can invest their money and access all these sophisticated tools. You sound like a tools. politician a little bit when they're talking about access to healthcare. It's like, buddy, sure, but like, you got to give me the fucking shit so I can go to the doctor. You sure. I mean, I hate the word access for some reason. It just is triggering. Well, I have one final question. It's a bit more fun. 
famously in the Bible, God presented himself to Moses in the form of a burning bush, and he granted him three wishes. If God were to present himself in the form of Jared Leto right here so hot. and were to grant <laughs> so you hot. one wish, well, because he is the second coming to a lot of people. We've seen him in person. He's beautiful. You wouldn't beautiful believe guys. he's 50. Beautiful guy. I mean, his eyes are so deep set. Unreal. Yeah. But if he were to appear here and grant you one wish, what would that wish be? Everyone being an investor. That's, that's it? That's your wish? That's your one wish? Jesus Christ. Buddy, that's the wrong wait, answer. Wait, we would have accepted the... peace in the Middle East. You could have said Free healthcare uh, for all. Redistribu- well, redistributed wealth so they don't need to do these trades. Or how about $1 million per share of GameStop? What a selfish answer, Vlad. <laughs> I don't think it's a selfish answer at all. I think actually the more people own the economy and the world around them, the better and more stable the world will be. That's a very socialist point of view. Vlad is a socialist. He thinks the average voter is stupid and he colluded with Joe Biden and Ken Griffin to fuck you over. You heard Fake it here, news. <laughs> You heard it here. Uh, I guess that's it. We, yeah, they're going to they're gonna kick our ass. This is really, are. this is hard. I mean, how do you think we did? Would you, how would you rate us if this were, uh, yeah, give us 10 stars? I think you guys have a really good chemistry about you. Um, yeah, there's a lot of unexpected things. I mean, hard for me to, to think about what to change. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know you guys, no but notes. The, the most important thing is that you have good chemistry. So I would just double down on that. Thank you. And don't forget, don't leave too quick. You said you were going to take that selfie with me so I could send it to my ex-girlfriend. Okay. And yeah, also, yeah. Uh, uh, we do want to ask people to comment and like and subscribe and shit. And our slogan here oh, on yeah, the show- Oh, yeah, you need to give the trillionaire slogan. And this is 100%. We're not fucking with you here. It is kill your parents, quit your job, <laughs> shit your, your pants. pants. So, so if, if you could just, if you I can't could. say, I can't say kill your parents. You literally right. just did. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll do kill your parents and then you can come in with shit. Your yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kill your parents. Quit your job. Can you I say don't... shit your pants? I'm not going to tell oh. people to do these things. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Uh, this is okay. I mean, I, well, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. We really do want to have you on. That's not a joke. Uh, we yeah, we'd love have to have you, have you on again. I have so many more questions for you. Have it a bit more structured. And, and uh. And I, yeah, I'd really like to talk to you about some of this stuff. And I really appreciate you coming on to talk about it. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And uh, maybe, maybe the next time we can get you on with William Prezel. Maybe you're, maybe Ooh, you'll. Oh uh, my God, that'd be too much chaos. <laughs> maybe you'll Way recognize too much chaos. him. Maybe you'll see him at some kind of reunion or yeah, something. Maybe He's we can get a little hundred thousand yeah. dollar kickback too. Yeah. Okay. So long, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys.